Embrace the tank. You are Locked On Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked on Cardinals Friday edition here. Um, got a fun show. We've got a fun show. Um, in the final segment, Brian Peacock of Locked on 49ers is going to join me to talk all things apple of my eye as the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals if Cliff Kingsbury were to be removed from post Amico Ryans. We're, I talked with him for 10 minutes. We recorded a couple days ago. I wanted to get the insight. You're going to hear it from somebody who's covered the 49ers for a while, somebody who's well-respected in our parts and elsewhere, and we're going to get a deeper dive into Miko Ryan. So you want to buckle up for that. Embrace the tank, okay? I'm going to do a little bit of DeAndre Hopkins in the second segment because I think it's fascinating. It's, it's a case study of elite player with organization influx. It's not an original story, but it's our story now. And I'm going to talk about it in the second segment. But, you know, here's the thing. And I'm going to speak very pragmatically, very existentially, very in the moment. Ain't no way there's a positive thing for the Cardinals if they win on Sunday. I can think of 901 reasons why it's more beneficial for the Cardinals to lose than to win. This episode of Lockdown Cardinals is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So if you can tell me that the Cardinals should look to win on Sunday, I would call you a weirdo. I mean, I'd even say that you were performing a pterodactyl. I would say you are outside of the realm of rational thought in week 18. Now, they're playing the 49ers, okay? So chances are, with the 49ers playing for something and the David Blau-less Cardinals going into Levi Stadium without DeAndre Hopkins, without Rondell Moore, without Byron Murphy and DJ Humphreys, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Cardinals most likely aren't going to win. But I feel like that just embrace the tank for a week. I've been in the camp of go win every game. Go win every game. You're professional. And the Cardinals will try to win this game. That's not... That's not the thing. There are players playing for their next contract, playing for a contract extension with this team, you know, uh, auditioning for other teams. An NFL player never tries to lose a game or any professional athlete for that matter. They're paid to win the game. But going into Sunday, and I'm going to break down a couple little scenarios here for who other teams that you should be rooting for, for the betterment of the future of the Arizona Cardinals as it regards to, in regard to draft position. Cardinals go to Levi. Hopefully nobody gets injured. Cardinals get a loss and they move up the ranks. Now, there are teams that you are hoping get W's on Sunday. One, Cincinnati Bengals. I'll explain. The Bengals play in the early morning slate. They play against the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens are jockeying for the fifth position in the playoffs. If the car, if the Bengals beat them, the Chargers automatically get that spot. So if Cincinnati beats Baltimore, there is, I would assume, 
a good chance that the Chargers are going to sit the majority of their starters in the afternoon game. Who do they play? The Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are now sitting one spot ahead of the Arizona Cardinals in the draft door. Cardinals lose. Broncos beat a Justin Herbert-less uh, Chargers if the Bengals win in the morning. You following me? The Cardinals can jump up to number three and almost guarantee Jalen Carter from Georgia to, to shore up the interior of the defensive line for the Arizona Cardinals. And that's something that is potentially career or a a T like that could potentially transcend this Cardinals defense. Root for the Bengals to beat the Ravens root for the Broncos to beat the Chargers. If the Bronco, if the Bengals beat the Ravens, Justin Herbert may sit bros, Russell Wilson, go get one win, help out your former, you know, rival in the NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals, get a dub against the Chargers, have the Cardinals flip-flop. Now, there's a couple things. One, the Cardinals could 100% take Jalen Carter, looks to be a transcendent talent. Or, as is every draft, it seems, there's going to be a handful of quarterbacks that teams are going to want that they're going to give a lot of draft capital for to move up to get. This is a bargaining chip. The Arizona Cardinals have it since 2019, but you know they were going to draft Kyler Murray anyways. But if they get a loss on Sunday and they can jump up a spot thanks to the Denver Broncos, the Cardinals are in a vastly better position at three than at four. It's like the Richter scale at the top five. Every number, for those that didn't grow up with earthquakes like I did, for every number on the Richter scale from 3.0 to 4.0, I think it's a 10 times difference. From four, from 3.0 to 5.0, it's a hundred times difference. The point is, every draft position you're up, you know, atop of from one through five, wildly changes the draft capital you can get for a team that wants to move up. And the Cardinals at three, instead of the Cardinals at four, is a massive deal going to what we think to be a new regime with GM and head coach. Yet to be solidified. Black Monday's on Monday. We'll see what happens. But Right now, you're rooting for the Bengals, you're rooting for the Broncos, for the Cardinals to position themselves in an incredibly great spot going into the 2023 draft. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, leave your comments, hit a like on this video. DM me if you have questions. You know, we've got some stuff coming down the pike in Locked on that's going to be exciting. I got a little taste of it um, from our fearless leader, Ross Jackson. Locked on Saints, check him out too. Um, I'm going to have him on at some point to talk about Sean Payton if Cliff Kingsbury does, in fact, uh, get removed from his post as head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. But there's some exciting stuff coming in 2023 for Locked On. So hang tight, hit the subscribe button, turn the notifications on. Buckle up, it's going to be awesome. Coming up next, DeAndre Hopkins. A little more introspection. What are the possibilities? What should the Cardinals do? What will they most likely do? I'll hit it all. You know me. Locked on Cardinals. Your team every day. Prize picks. This episode of Cardinals is brought to you by Prize Picks. Daily fantasy made easy, baby. You pick two to five, but if they'll score more or less in their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your cheese on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. NFL, NBA. 
Major League Baseball when it comes back. NHL, uh, PGA, college, ba- college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA. You get the idea. Injuries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Again, daily fantasy made easy. Safe and fast withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can get a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit 100 bucks, PricePix will give you 100 If you deposit 50 PricePix will give you 50 You get the idea. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON and sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 buckaroos. So if the Cardinals up from four to three in the draft order in 2023, it has massive positive repercussions for the future of the Cardinals. Massive. Four is a tough spot. If they were to drop down to five, like that's a weird area. You want to be in the top three. It has that card blanche. It has that will give you three first round picks, uh, a la Trey Lance with Miami. Like it's got, it's not first round. So it's like, it's like buying, instead of buying a beachfront property, it goes beach, beachfront, street, house, okay? The beachfront properties, $10 million. The ones across the street that's still a 30-second walk to the beach, $7 million. So it's more affordable for teams to trade up to number three as opposed to trade up to number one. And the Cardinals can reap those benefits. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, okay? They shut him down for the rest of the year. It makes sense, okay? The team has an out at the end of the year. He doesn't have any guaranteed money coming to him. So it seems at point, if the Cardinals want to keep him, they're going to have to give him a three-year, $60 million deal with $40 million guaranteed, something like that, because he's going to be 31 when the season starts. He's not getting a six-year deal. Like Von Miller is a vampire. What Von Miller got at his age and the level that he played before he got knocked out for the year with an injury, like that doesn't happen. And with wide receivers, even though you don't, uh, DeAndre Hopkins hasn't needed to rely on his speed for because he he's not fast compared to other burner receivers. It'll elongate his career for longer. He'll be able to play at a much longer clip, barring injury, than others who relied specifically on their speed. Again, another vampire, Deshaun Jackson. There aren't people like that who are still 4-4 speed at 35 years old, however old he is. He may even be older than that. But with DeAndre Hopkins, they have three options. One, try and trade him. So potentially it would be, you know, a sign and trade, something like that. The NFL version of that, where he'd get traded and there'd be a contract waiting for him with the other team. Would he garner a second round pick? He'd have to. There's no way you're trading DeAndre Hopkins for a third round or later pick. A high day two pick, hopefully to a team with a high second round pick, which would give the Cardinals a, an incredible position just to restock. Do I think they should do that? Absolutely not. Okay. The other option, give him an extension. Bite the bullet, have him retire an Arizona Cardinal. And I think this is predicated upon what the new regime is going to look like, what the new regime is going to shop to him. Because he may say, you know what? Get me out of here. Send me to Kansas City. You know, send me to Green Bay. Send me somewhere where I can plug and play and potentially win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying Green Bay would be, but they have a glaring need for a wide receiver one there. That's why I brought them up. Send them to the Chargers, like whatever. There's so many teams that plug and play. DeAndre Hopkins, people don't realize still how incredibly impactful DeAndre Hopkins is because he had the PED suspension and he's been injured and this season's been a a loss. 
Seems to be an entire loss. But I think they need to do, the new regime comes in, says, sit down, be like, we want you to retire here. What's it going to be? Let's meet in the middle. Let's find something. DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to need top-tier wide receiver one money to stay with the Cardinals. He's not there anymore in his career. Plus, they gave him a nice little juicy bonus, a little juicy um, addition to the contract he already had with Houston when they traded for him. So he got some money from the Cardinals. It's not like, you know, they were just finishing up a Houston Texans contract. He got a two-year extension, I believe, added on to what was happening before with Houston. So you sit him down. Like, how does 19 mil a year sound? Give you a nice signing bonus, three-year, 45 mil, 35 guaranteed, and you bite the bullet and you keep one of the best receivers in football wearing the Arizona Cardinals uniform on game day. That's what you do. This is going to be a clunky transition. Steve Kime did not set the next GM up for success. He didn't. There's going to be some money coming off the books. They're going to have some money to play around with, but they've also got a bevy of players that they need to re-sign. Byron Murphy, Zach Allen, and you can't shortchange these guys. This is their first big contract. Byron Murphy got a little bit more than Zach Allen, being a second and third round pick respectively, but... They need to get paid. They will get paid elsewhere. I feel like Zach Allen's more of is higher on the pecking order than Byron Murphy at this point. Wild to say, but I think it's true at this point. With both of them healthy, I think Zach Allen makes more of an impact. You can draft corners. And Byron Murphy hasn't shown from year one through this year where he's been hurt the majority of the season that he's a wide he's a cornerback one sometimes. And he's not other times. So paying him CB1 money, I think if you're going to choose between Zach Allen and Byron Murphy, you got to pay Zach Allen. But the thing is, Hollywood Brown's also going to want a contract extension. I feel like good faith, they're going to extend him now. Remember, he shares an agent with A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and Debo Samuel. He's not at the top tier of those three receivers. But none of those three receivers played through their rookie scale contract before getting, getting an extension. They got an extension before that option year kicked in. So if they want to make it team-friendly this year against the cap and backload it and pay him or convert some of it into a signing bonus and make it more palatable to be able to re-sign all of these players, including DeAndre Hopkins, cool. But Hollywood Brown's most likely going to garner $20 million a year. DeAndre Hopkins is going to garner almost $20 million a year. And I'll tell you what, you got to pay them both. You got to pay them both. We haven't seen it. So just because we haven't seen it yet doesn't mean it's not going to work and I've said multiple times on this podcast, and this is your first listen, thank you very much. I, I truly appreciate it. If you've been listening since 2017, thank you very much. I appreciate that as well. The biggest nightmare scenario going into this season, barring you know catastrophic injuries, which we've seen, is DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown not playing meaningful snaps together, which is exactly what happened. As DeAndre Hopkins comes back from PED suspension, Hollywood Brown gets hurt in one of the last plays of the game in week six. They high five. One goes to the bench, one goes to the field. And we haven't seen it with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and Hollywood Brown play meaningful snaps together. So now it makes it more difficult for Michael Bidwell at all to pay both of them, not seeing it, not seeing that it would work. And that could be the downfall of DeAndre Hopkins' career with the Arizona Cardinals, and he may, be, he may go elsewhere. Don't trade him. Resign him. Bite the bullet. This is going to be a clunky transition because Steve Kime didn't set up the next GM for success at all. The infrastructure is shattered. The infrastructure is broken. It's on the mend, and it will be when Steve Kime gets removed from his post. 
but right now it's clunky and you're going to have to pay some players that maybe you didn't want to pay that much to keep what is stable in this infrastructure aligned and being ready to be the springboard for the future. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. Coming up next, Brian Peacock from Locked on 49ers, one of my good buddies, is going to join me. We're going to talk all things D'Amico Ryans. I recorded this a couple days ago. You're going to see me wearing a different shirt. I didn't do a costume change in the middle. I promise. He's going to give insider info into the person, the man that I think should be leading the Arizona Cardinals into Arizona Cardinals 2.0. D'Amico Ryans. We're going to talk about it in depth next. Locked on Cardinals, your team every day. Bet on Net. So bet online is your number one source for sports info, stats, news, analysis, everything. The Cardinals were 14-point dogs, I think, going into Levi Stadium the last time I checked on betonline.net. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college football bowl season, which has only has one game left, to basketball. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always fastest and easiest way to get your info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, final segment, Locked on Cardinals, Friday edition. David Blau led Arizona Cardinals on Sunday against the 49ers. You heard this man and his co-host, Eric Crocker, yesterday on our crossover uh, podcast talking about the game. I asked him about D'Amico Ryans. Yesterday, I've talked about D'Amico Ryans all week, but how I think he should be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals' current defensive coordinator, the San Francisco 49ers. Who better to talk about the aforementioned D'Amico Ryans than Brian Peacock, uh, one of the two-headed monster that is locked on 49ers. Um, he and I started pretty much at the same time on, on this. We like to reminisce about how much S we talk when we have talked over the last you know five seasons. Brian, thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Twice in one week. Definitely yeah, a pleasure. Dude, twice in two days. I mean, this is just – it's borderline. It's borderline uh, uh, full tank. But, uh, but yeah, I, I thanks for taking some time. So – you know, D'Amico Ryans isn't a household name, like not, you know, globally a household name as well. He should be at this point. Um, defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers, pound for pound, the best unit in football, in my opinion, in 2022. It's a, it's a beautiful thing what happens when you draft and your players are healthy. Fred Warner, I talked with you three years ago or two years ago when he got his contract extension. He's going to be the next Bobby Wagner of the NFC West. Not necessarily the same skill set, but very underrated for how exemplary he is talent-wise. And when Robert Sala left, D'Amico Ryans took over. It's like, well, what what, are the, what is this 49ers defense going to look like? It looks to be elevated from what was already elevated when Robert Sala was there before he went to East Rutherford. Tell me a little bit about D'Amico Ryans' day-to-day. What kind of person he is when he's not actually coaching football? So uh, the the best way I can explain D'Amico Ryan's is he has been like the the adult in the room, the leader in the room, pretty much every day of his football life that I can gather back to Pop Warner, back to Alabama in college, all pro as a rookie uh, for the Houston Texans, uh, years and years with the Texans where he met then offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan and um, and Robert Sala was on the staff as well when he was a player. And, and that's the connection. And that's why um, uh, Kyle Shanahan brought him into the 49ers. And, and a lot of the coaches that, that Kyle Shanahan has on his staff is 
from past connections. He's kind of running out of that well, actually, because he's had so many coaches now run through and go to other places. And D'Amico Ryan's the next, and you're absolutely right. He's going to be a head coach uh, in the NFL somewhere. And Kyle Shanahan, even before he was named defensive coordinator of the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan talked about his future as a head coach. He's been that head coach type of a guy, and you could see that in him early on, and he could see it from him in his playing days. And so he's always been that guy. And, and you can just tell some some human beings have the look and yes. you'll notice it sometimes on game day. They'll flash to the sideline. You see the guy, you're like, I don't have, to, you don't even have to tell me which guy's in charge. I know it's that guy right there that's in charge. And D'Amico Ryans has that demeanor. He has the respect of everybody the moment he meets him. He's smart. He's dedicated. And I, I am actually really impressed with D'Amico Ryans from a head coach candidate standpoint last season after only having one year, because he's a relatively, he's a young guy and he was yeah. a young coach in the NFL after one year as defensive coordinator of the 49ers and pulling himself out of head coach interviews to say, you know what? I want one more year to get this exactly right. And, and he, uh, you know, it's just, it just goes to talk about the character of this guy. So yeah. uh, character high marks there, ultimate respect, and you're not going to have a problem. Um, I'd probably say if you were to compare him to a coach and, and someone with like just uh, just his youthfulness with his high level of character, with how much respect he commands, someone like a young Mike Tomlin. And, and how awesome would that be for your organization if you're hiring the, you know, the young version of Mike Tomlin to start over with? At BD Peacock on Twitter, Locked on 49ers and Peacock and Williams and Nose Brian Peacock joins me. Locked on Cardinals Friday edition. Cardinals do play on Sunday. It's going to be jockeying for draft position. Um, uh, you know, I'm looking towards next year. And this is the under the guise of if Cliff Kingsbury is removed and I've talked a lot about, there is a backdoor. I gave it a 10 to 15% chance that both Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kahn will be back next year because I haven't seen it not that yet. So until that isn't that yet, I still think Michael Bidwell is still Michael Bidwell is still Michael Bidwell. Now, Right. I, I, I don't wanna, sorry, I know this is your podcast, Alex, and I don't want to railroad it or okay. uh, interrupt too much, but I think it was probably at least two years ago that we were talking about how does Steve Kime have a job then? What kind of pictures does he have of Mike Bidwell? Like, I, I can't imagine uh, that continuing, but that was sort of how we already thought. So I guess we shouldn't be surprised if it was like, after 2018, yeah, the, job. three and 13 year, the, the only reason. And the 49ers wouldn't have drafted Kyler Murray anyways. But the only reason the Cardinals had the number one overall pick anyways was because, incredibly, the 49ers, who had second, they beat the Raiders in week 18 or week 17, I think, at that time, to give the Cardinals the bump up. It was something like that. The 49ers won a couple of games late that they had no business winning, and the Cardinals ended up getting the number one overall pick. Yeah, and it's something that now under, again, I use the term guys, of him being having health issues with Steve Kime, it's kind of just – we're putting a pin in that. That's not something you touch. It's not something you project about. That's not something you you um, you know you make hypotheses about. We're gonna find out if he's okay. We want his health to be number one, regardless of what I think he is as a GM. It's never about the actual human being. It's about the avatar that is the GM and that is the head coach. And especially in this day and age, where there's so much attacking going on with players and head coaches and things like that, I always make it clear a clear distinction that this is not about Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Kime as a person. It's about their job as the avatar of the GM and head coach, respectively of the Arizona Cardinals. Now with D'Amico Ryans, you said a couple of things that the Arizona Cardinals have been severely lacking stability, leadership. Who's the, who's the leader of the Arizona Cardinals? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I've, I've watched this team and covered this team, you know, whatever, in some capacity radio for 12 years in Arizona. I have no idea who the leader of this team is. And with D'Amico Ryans, especially, I looked this up and I didn't know this. 
So I said before that he was an inside linebacker coach for three seasons, right before bumping up to D.C. The Cardinals have drafted a lot of ILBs in the first round. They've drafted three in the last six years, I think. And the even though Vance Joseph has done a good job, the, the, the position coaches have done a good job with the Cardinals, having him come in and be able to add immediate acumen into that room is something that would help Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons immeasurably, number one. Number two, and this is, you said he's young, he's 38. So he played in this NFL. And that's something that, especially as a defensive player who's played in this completely tip scale towards the offense, NFL, and knowing how to combat it, I am a, I'm a true believer, a firm believer, that we're slowly starting to see a little bit of correction where the defense is going to start to get back at least to level playing field with the offense. There's a lot of money being spent on the defense. It's been coming for the last decade. The running game is becoming more and more prevalent. Patrick, like, look at the quarterback's numbers. We thought 6,000 passing yards could be a thing. Remember when Drew Brees was throwing for 5K and, you know, Philip River, like, and then it's slowly starting to dwindle a little bit, slowly but surely. And be, having a defensive-minded head coach, in my opinion, should be the wave of the future because it's been Bill Belichick for 20 years. Like, he's a defensive-minded head coach. That's who wins Super Bowls. So tell me, first of all, do you think D'Amico Ryans would actually, if he was offered the job in Arizona, do you think it's a interdivisional – Every all sports are Steve Finley now. And for those who are too young to know who Steve Finley is, he played for every NL West team in baseball. Everybody's Steve Finley now. It doesn't matter where you play. Do you think D'Amico Ryans would take a head coaching job with the Arizona Cardinals? Your opinion, not any sort of insight. Do you think that he would take a job if he were offered to him? I, I there, there's a couple sides to that. One is you know, the the organization. Do, do, if he has multiple offers, let's say, and he has a choice is the Arizona Cardinals in ownership. He's going to be like, okay, I want to work with that ownership. This is a winning organization where I think I'm going to have the most success if I go here or I have the most, you know, they give me the most control over everything and I have the most say, you know, there's a, there's a lot of that sort of thing that goes along with it. And that's hard to say because you don't know what jobs he's going to be offered. Uh, clearly from what we've learned about him last offseason, I don't think he's going to take a job just to get a job because he knows right. one of those jobs is going to be there and probably could just stick around, get another little bump in pay, and, and then get a job next year if he, if he doesn't like what's offered to him. As far as the NFC West stuff goes, I don't think a competitor, and there's only 32 of these jobs, I don't think he's going to turn it down because, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm going to stay in the West against these guys that I came up with in the coaching ranks. I don't think that's a problem at all. I think the one issue... I could see arising from that is if he did take, say, the Arizona Cardinals job in the offseason, the 49ers are then going to fight a lot harder to block him from taking mm -hmm. assets away, like taking potentially, you know, if it's a package GM head coach deal, taking away Adam Peters. And so they say, OK, no, well, guess what? Now Adam Peters is GM and now John Lynch is vice president, you know, right. uh, just to block those things or give one of the coordinators on the offensive side of the ball a bump so it's a lateral move so they can then block it and we've seen Kyle Shanahan do that before with giving some guys some bumps even though he's still the play caller and calling Mike McDaniel offensive coordinator and those types of things so I think that would be the biggest difficulty I'd see with D'Amico Ryan staying in the division is it would be harder for him to take other assets from the 49ers staff and the 49ers staff had so much changeover already this year and this has happened multiple times now with coaches leaving and uh, if you keep having a new head coach every two years or every year at this point coming from your staff and taking away other I mean, that depletes you so at some point Kyle Shanahan's got to fight as hard as he can to keep anybody on his staff because 
he's just, they're just now starting to hit their stride with this staff this year, and he doesn't want to lose more important pieces. Sure, and 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 that makes all the sense. And I'll get you out of here on this. I know we're going long, but like from an Arizona Cardinals perspective, it's like if that's the guy that they want in, and there's no indication either that they're going to go with an offensive guy to do it. Like the wave of what it was was a defensive-minded head coach, a genius offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, and the head coach is more of a GM of the team. Like that's what it like. That was the staple before offensive-minded head coaches started calling plays. Like all of them did. Like that's not that's all new age stuff. D'Amico Ryan's is he seems to be an old school guy, even though he's played in this generation of football, and he's well wise, well beyond his years now. I see the Cardinals just to put a pin on this and then and then I, I need to get these fine people out for their weekend is um, I'm seeing this as a GM from somewhere else, a head coach, and then maybe the GM and the head coach talk about who they want to fill their roster out with coaches. Like, I don't think that there's going to be car blanche from D'Amico Ryan to be able to come with anybody. You know, I, I don't because I mean, especially as a first year, especially in our division, if this Shangri-La situation for the Cardinals were to come to fruition, I think it's going to be separate entities that will be piecemeal together in an effort to build a making the band kind of scenario. Thank you, MTV. Like that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. And like with D'Amico Ryan's as a lead singer in that analogy, I don't think the Cardinals could go wrong. Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. Brian Peacock, thank you so much for joining me. Locked On 49ers. Check him out at BD Peacock on Twitter. Check him out, Peacock and Williamson. Him and Matt Williamson do national shows Monday through Friday. And check him out with Eric Crocker, uh, who you saw us three talk in unison yesterday uh, on our crossover. Brian, thanks for ha- thanks for hanging out. I was saying to you, Locked on Cardinals. I will talk to you on Monday.